GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. Welcome everyone to another episode of Health Cert's GP Insights podcast. Today we're talking about acne with Dr. Helena Rosengren, an experienced skin cancer and cosmetic medicine physician based in Townsville. Welcome Helena and thank you again for joining us today. I appreciate the invitation. Thank you so much. Jumping straight in, how common are acne presentations in your practice? Well, it's because it's an interest area of mine, uh, I do see quite a few younger people with acne. Uh, we, we don't advertise it. I think it's a word of mouth approach. You know, they're teenagers or young adults who've been affected in the past are just spreading the word. So I would see at least a handful a week. Wow. And you've basically covered your typical acne patient there as well. Are there any, um, so the teenagers are the main age group that you often see yeah. presenting? Most yeah. of the people that present come with their parents. Mm. Uh, there are some younger adults that come too, though I have to say once they're a little bit older, it, they're more likely to present for acne scarring rather than active acne. You know, even women, especially up to the age of 40, may have troublesome acne. So, so I definitely do treat adults as well. The typical acne patient ranges from teenagers up to 40-year-old women. What concerns do they bring to you when they visit? Well, very often they've already tried some over-the-counter products or they may already have been to the GP and they have as yet not found that it's really been effective. So that's why they're presenting. Excellent. So when they visit you, how do you conduct the preliminary acne consultation? Well, I'm wanting to gain an insight into the severity of the acne, obviously understanding that I may not be seeing it its most severe today when they present and how that is affecting them personally, which is going to tell me a lot about their motivation to, in fact, undertake treatment. As I say, a lot of young people come with their parents and it is often the parents that are actually pushing this. Many young boys are not at all affected or, you know, all their friends have got acne too and they're not that bothered by it. I'm also wanting to identify the underlying cause so that we can properly address it together. And I want to find out what they've already done and understand how effective that has been today. So I will ask them, how bad is your acne today compared to to the worst that it's been in the last two or three months so that I get a clear picture of whether I'm really seeing it at its worst. And I want them also just to tell me whether their acne is stable, gradually getting worse, or in fact already improving on its own. I want to know how long they've had acne. Usually, of course, with these younger adults, teenagers, it coincides with puberty and it may well have been triggered by stress from exams or you know, stress related to peer pressure is very common as well. I will always ask if there's some associated cysts with their acne, if they can actually feel little lumps under the skin and whether those inflamed acne spots actually lead on to scarring as well. We do have a discussion about diet because, of course, in the literature now, there's a lot of evidence that a high glycemic count diet, as well as a high cow's milk diet, can lead on to acne. So I'm asking how much 
cow's milk they drink and yogurt they might eat. And I want to know about chips and chocolates and lollies and sweets and cakes and, and even high sugared cereals that they might be having. Because very often a simple change in the diet can have quite an impact on the acne down the track in a few weeks' time. For girls and women, I also want to know whether this acne is related to their menstrual cycle. Um, obviously, a lot of women do experience worse acne around or just after the menstruation. I want to know if they're already on the pill and what effect that has had, uh, you know, whether, it, whether it's made it better or worse. And another really important question to ask women, young women, is about makeup use, how often, whether they use it, what brand they're using, how often they use it, and also whether that has actually impacted their acne. Then noticing a few days later that their acne is actually a bit worse. Some young girls, of course, are using it every single day, and they might be using a um, makeup that doesn't allow any breathing in the skin. So every day they're actually inadvertently making their acne worse. So it is a, a very important question to cover with your patient. We also want to know what they've used to date, whether they've had prescribed treatments from their doctor, whether they've been on antibiotics, are they on the pill, do they use over-the-counter products, and what effect have they had? So I spend quite a lot of time on the history. There's a lot of important things that need to be covered to give me a really clear picture about what's going on and how, how I might be able to help. Yes. So all of the questions that you ask in the preliminary consultation will help you determine the cause of the patient's acne, whether it's hormonal, environmental or something else. Exactly, um, Megan. Yeah. Are there any other causes other than hormonal, environmental? And what sort of treatments do you provide for each of those types? Well, the other things, of course, are stress obviously covers the menstrual cycle, but there's diet as well. And I think the cosmetic thing that I've just covered is important too. So that those would be the main causes. Now, when I come on to treating the acne, I think it's really important for the patient and, and the parents, they're accompanied by an adult, to understand just exactly why they've got acne, what causes it. So I'll bring out a picture that shows a cross-section of skin. And I'll explain that it's a three-pronged effect and I'll put it into layperson's terms to saying that you know, initially they get blockage of the pores because they've got excess dead cells on, on the skin and that is causing a buildup of the sebum, you know, the white stuff that's in your zits that would normally lubricate the hair in the skin. But when it builds up, actually forms this pustule on your skin, which can't escape. And because of that, you now have this overgrowth of sebum in which bacteria will multiply, have a ball, and that actually triggers infection and inflammation and makes the whole process worse. So in order to be successful at treating your acne, we've actually got to 
first of all, we work out together which of those is the worst, what it is that's really causing the acne, and then attack each one of those things if it's necessary. So sometimes, of course, teenagers will just have a lot of blackheads. So it's more about just cleaning the skin, using a good scrub on the surface, and they may need nothing more than that. But if there is a lot of buildup of sebum, then I will need a three-prong effect. We also talk about the effect of diet. So they've told me a little bit about how they eat, what's the extra snacking they do, you know, how healthy their regular meals are. And then it's up to them. Obviously, following a discussion, I just tell them the facts, show them what research is is, um, showing at the moment to do with diet. In particular, as we said, the high glycemic foods such as crisps and lollies, biscuits, and all these additional snacky items they might have, but also cow's milk. And if that's something they want to do, we come to a little bit of an agreement. The main thing is that they're just aware of. So most people will require a really effective cleanser or scrub. And I like to use something with alpha-hydroxy and beta-hydroxy acid in it. And most of the over-counter cleansers really don't have that mega They're much milder and therefore they don't, or for the patients presenting to me who have a slightly more severe acne, that they're actually not very effective. We do need to remove those that dead skin cell layer in order to allow pores to unblock. I use a medicated product that's only available for doctors, uh, far superior to anything that you're going to find in a a chemist um, or at a pharmacy. So that's going to be worthwhile for any doctor interested in this area to research what what might have a good quantity of alpha-hydroxy and beta-hydroxy acid in it. In order to reduce the sebum, my go-to is adapalene, which essentially is topical roaccutane, which you see, as many of your listeners will know, can only be prescribed by a qualified dermatologist. So adapalene on the surface is very effective at reducing sebum. And epiduo, which is is 0.1% adapalene, also has got benzoyl peroxide in it. So this would now work as an antiseptic on the surface to reduce that bacterial count. So by simply introducing Using epiduo and a really effective scrub for most young people, this be sufficient. This will actually attack cause of acne from those three different aspects that we discussed, and most of them will see a very significant improvement in two months. Of course, when we're introducing adapalene, I also need to warn patients that some people are a little bit sensitive to this and develop redness and flaking of the skin. And should they find that that's the the case, or if they know they've got really sensitive skin, um, then I give them a regime for overcoming that. So what you do in the first place, um, many of our listeners may know, but you, you just build it up slowly. So just have it on the skin for half an hour. And it's a nighttime treatment. This must be used at night because natadapaline sensitizes the skin to the sun. So they're using a cleanser or scrub in the morning to remove the epidural that's been put on the night before. And if they are sensitive, they're just building it up gradually. So maybe half an hour, first few days, and then increase to one hour before washing it off, and then a couple of hours before washing it off. And after that, they might be fine to go overnight. And with just increasing it gradually like that, I found virtually every single patient is able to use Epiduo effectively and all night within two to three weeks. One other thing I would say 
is that I personally really steer clear of oral antibiotics. It's not a favorite with me because of all the evidence that's coming through of how that can disturb the gut microbiome. And if, even if you've only had a course of antibiotics, you need to work hard on restoring your gut microbiome in terms of having a high fiber diet and fermented foods and prebiotics. And it's a diet that sometimes teenagers are not at all motivated to partake in. And so lots of evidence that actually with younger adults in particular, and maybe with adults of any age who are not even aware of the effect that antibiotics can have on their gut microbiome, that it may never recover. And that has huge impacts on health, as you might know, Meg. So I'd say um, additionally, if I've got a younger female patient, young woman with me, and they are interested in using the pill to try and combat the acne, that's a quite an effective um, management um, stance for a lot of patients, a lot of our women patients, but that's not something I'll undertake myself as um, principally a skin cancer and cosmetic doctor. So I will refer them back to their own GP because obviously they need to be assessed for the suitability blood pressure needs to be monitored they need to start having pap smears and it's going to be really important to think about sexual health as well and to have those frank discussions so that would be a referral back to the gym wonderful thank you clearly a tailored treatment approach is required for each patient what do you do when the standard regimen isn't working well i'll i will talk to that patient again just double check what they are doing and the frequency that they're doing it. Sometimes, you know, it's simply that the young person is not that bothered by their acne, particularly if they're male. A lot of their mates have got acne too, and it's something that's being pushed by the parents. So I think it's really important, first of all, to check on compliance. If compliance is good and they're on epiduo and my treatment regime is not working, I'll actually put up push up to epiduro 4, which is 0.3% adapalene, but also with that 2.5% benzoyl peroxide. So it's, it's three times the strength of adapalene. That may have the effect of drying the skin. So we may have to go back to a, a tailored approach there and just introducing that more gradually. But I find that can be very effective. But in addition, there are a number of other things that you can do that we might think about doing after a few months if the acne is not fully controlled. And these things include using peels, having microdermabrasion, that they would be, and, and also blue light. Blue light can be quite effective for active acne because it will reduce bacterial count in the skin. So these can be very helpful things to have in your toolbox. There's only been one case really that I've had a motivated young person, a young lady who was doing everything. She was under a lot of stress though with parents divorcing and exams. And we, we did all of these things and it still wasn't helping effectively. So that was a case where she was referred to a dermatologist. Now I would refer at the start to a dermatologist if that patient has got a lot of cystic acne. If it's just one or two that they've had over 
time, then we don't refer. But if regularly they're getting taut, painful cysts under the skin, and especially if they're leading on to an acne scar, then I will go for an early referral to a dermatologist. Now, sometimes you already want to have them on treatment because in many places that referral might take many weeks or months um, to eventuate into a consultation. So I would already be starting adapalene, but here I'd be more likely to start with the epiduo fort, which has that 0.3% adapalene because this is is, um, quite severe acne that patients presented with and um, they're often very upset by it. So you want to be starting something quickly. Now let's discuss, do you have any favorite acne treatment success stories? You are helping people with something that can be a very personal struggle and issue. It's a great question. I mean, I can think of so many people who've come back delighted after two months of this very simple regime and their acne has improved from a eight out of 10 to a one or two out of 10 and they're delighted. I think maybe the greatest successes are in, in adults who have you know, lived with it on and off for a long time and it's having much more of an emotional impact because none of their counterparts parts, friends have acne. So there've been a number of people come back very, very happy with their new skin. I would say with teenagers though, I've had a number of cases where the acne has cleared, but the teen and the parent is still not happy because they think active acne is still there. And that is because very often they can't tell the difference between active acne and scarring. So it's something I talk about right from the start now. I say, you have got scarring here as well. This is what scars look like. This is what active acne look like. This treatment is only going to get rid of the active acne and your scars will still be there. But having removed the active acne, that's when we can go in and we can deal with the scars as well if you want to. So I, th- I think just that preamble can really help avoid disappointment. Um, and plus we have a promise for something that can help. help. So we do a lot of acne scar treatment in teenagers and in adults. And using a combination treatment of a high strength peel that's just put on in the scars themselves, not over the whole skin. So it would be actually quite high strength. And then we microneedle and then we use red light. So they're all three, three treatments known to help with scarring. And I find that combination of overlaying them is very effective. Patients do know that they're going to need more treatment. So it's depends on how severe that active scarring is, um, but they might need two to six treatments. And with time, all that scarring will disappear. It's a really effective treatment if the patient is motivated to completely remove scarring. It's quite possible. So we've had many, many delighted patients after that full treatment regime. That's fantastic to hear. So apart from setting expectations, clearly, do you have any other advice for a practitioner who's interested in introducing primary care dermatology to their practice? The first thing is upskilling. You know, maybe go to a practice where this treatment is offered, obviously with acne treatment itself, maybe do a quick course or look online, really understand how it works and and how to advise your patients about using these protocols. That would be very important. And I would say, though, that it's really important to steer clear of antibiotic management. I know that it is in our national guidelines and I know that 
that it is effective at treating acne, but it's no more effective than the topical regime. And it does have this really deleterious effect on the gut microbiome, which in young people can mean an altered immune system. So, you know, just not recovering as fast from colds, COVID and other issues. And it's also known to affect mental health. So a lot of young people, some young people, vulnerable young people can end up with depression, for example, as a direct effect of a disturbed gut microbiome. What many of you would know is that you can, of course, replace a gut microbiome, but it, but it takes a bit of effort. It's a high fiber diet, fermented foods and prebiotics, and a lot of young adults simply don't want to eat that kind of diet. So the easiest thing is not to go there in the first place. Of course, in in older adults, an upset microbiome has huge impact on health, such as causing autoimmune disease in some endocrine disorders. It has been linked with cardiovascular disease and cancer. So in fact, with a lot of patients as GPs, it's really worthwhile discussing diet and thinking about the, the gut microbiome. But that apart, a practitioner thinking about providing treatment both for acne and for acne scarring um, might want to bring some things into their practice, having learned about them first, of course, such as glycolic acid peels, microneedling device, blue light device, red light device for scarring. Again, joining a practice, watching how these things are done can be helpful, or at least knowing a reputable practice to which to refer your patients can be really helpful. Thank you so much, Helena, for sharing your time and experience with us. We really appreciate the focus on practical tips and advice. My pleasure, Megan. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to helpsert.com.